1: Good evening. Dave. Hello. And Tori.
0: Hello, Internet.
1: And you may notice so that cool. Tori sounds just ever so slightly different and didn't beep. Uh, she got a new headset. She has to do that manually now. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> so we start each episode with a little thing called Good
2: Thing. Uh, Craig, you want to start us off? So, as I usually do, we got a video game this week. Um, I've been playing the heck out of it. I don't know how I came across it, but it's a hacking game called HackNet. Um, I picked it up, I don't know, at some point, either in a bundle or a Steam sale, but it's really good. It has that whole, like, yeah, so it's hacking themed. Um, but, uh, it mostly goes through commands and things like that. It's it's easy to play. It's not really, like, time-sensitive or anything, like, super crazy like that. It's it's not I wouldn't call it difficult, but it is pretty fun like going into these different systems, unlocking things, finding things out. It's it's pretty good. Um it's a puzzle game basically, but hacking theme. Uh but if you get it, make sure you pick up the expansion which is bundled with it usually. It's cheaper cuz it's really good. It's well worth the extra money. Um but it's a lot of fun. I've been playing it a lot in my free time. Um, not very long, very short time commitment, but it's also like six bucks or something. So
3: pretty good. There's Hacknet, there's Complete Edition, Ultimate Edition, Labyrinths, and NT4 Cyber Bundle. Right. So Labyrinth is the expansion. Completed.
2: It's like complete, I think, is both games. Ultimate is both games plus soundtrack. And the soundtrack's decent. Um, so yeah.
3: All right. Uh, Dave, what you got this week? Uh, My good thing is I'm going to go back to just a plain old My Good Thing being a video game soundtrack. And I know Craig will appreciate this. My good video game soundtrack this week is Blaster Master on the Nintendo Entertainment Dude, System. Sun-Song. Yeah. All right. Uh, So, My Good Thing this week is,
1: okay, do you guys remember Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo? Nope.
3: Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Craig, you haven't played it. Craig uh, has you yet to beat it. a single final fantasy game outside of 3.
0: And wow. by 3 I mean
3: 3J. That's that's unfortunate. Um so
1: Craig, you should definitely Super play Mario this game.
0: RPG.
1: It's the best final fantasy game. Anyway, Super Mario RPG, very good game. There is for it now a randomizer uh that they like just released, like not even fully released, it's still in beta. Uh, an open mode randomizer wh- where, like, you start with three party members, the world is completely open, bosses are, like, randomized, so, like, you know, you go to a place that normally has a boss fight, you fight a boss, but it doesn't necessarily, or, like, it isn't necessarily that boss, and, like, their their stats are scaled to, you know, where,
3: um, yeah, to, like, where so where you fight them. I- Mushroom Way, where you would fight the Hammer Brothers. Yeah, you might find Culex, but he'll be the strength of the Hammer Brothers. Uh, Hu- Culex
1: is actually a separate flag; like he doesn't normally get mixed uh, in unless you specifically choose him to. So it could be Booster, but have power of Hammer Brothers. Correct, um, and like the me- the the basic mechanics of whatever whatever actual boss it is, um, still go through. Like so. If, for whatever reason, like, that first boss fight where Hammer Brothers should be ends up being, like, bunt, you still have, like, the specific bunt mechanics where you have to physically attack to blow out the candles, and it doesn't matter how much damage you're dealing. Um, Which, I'm pretty sure that specific case is why you start out with three party members instead of having to, like, go and recruit them normally like you would. Uh, hmm. Anyway, it's super duper fun. Really, really enjoying it. Highly
2: recommended. Dude, yeah. there's just so many randomizers coming out, and it's really good. I, I'm I'm a huge fan, as you probably know, if you're on this channel. I know not for the podcast, but on my channel, I'm big into randomizers, and I have cross. I think is even bigger because he actually does a variety. Sorry, Dave, not cross, but uh, <laughs> a variety of randomizers, and it's just it's just nice to see it becoming a big thing. And it's a shame that there's still some like people that are salty about randomizers existing because I think it's good for the community. All
3: right,
0: so I, think that that
3: was... I think that vanilla runners just need to acknowledge that it's a different game and we're not taking attention away from their game. It's just we're not trying to say that this is a different or better version. It's just a completely different game, you know? Dude, future good thing of mine will be our
2: rando convention when we actually have one. Shout outs to 2025 good thing. Alright, so that was my good thing. Tori, what's yours?
0: A friend turned me on to this YouTube channel called Lucid Chart. That's ID Chart. And Lucid Chart is actually some kind of product that you can use to make fancy charts and presentations. And if you're into that sort of thing, well, good for you. Check them out, maybe. But Promoting their product, they have created uh, a series of videos called "Lucid Chart Explains the Internet." Various. There's a video about dogs, or doggos, or puppers. Like they they take all the internet terminology and cram it into one video, telling you how to boop the snoots and yes. And uh, I I linked for you guys a video about snakes. Uh, which would be internet for snake, or no nope ropes, or danger noodles, because there's all these different words <laughs> for them. And, like, there's a video about burbs and a video about buns.
2: murder and... <laughs> snurger or whatever it is. <laughs> Spir-ger-ger. Uh... the
0: Spirgerger, yeah.
2: that's there's a...
3: in buns from XKCD? I
0: don't know. Maybe. You should
2: watch the video, Dave, when when we're done this episode.
0: I get favorite into the dumb... etymology of these words. but uh,
2: My favorite dumb internet
1: name for an animal is Majestic Sea Flap Flaps.
0: They cover that. There's <laughs> there's a video on aquatic animals, so that that one came up.
2: Majestic Sea yeah. Flap Flaps. Yes. Uh,
0: all, all of the funny internet terms are all over these videos. That's a lucid chart explains the internet funny stuff.
1: All right. So that was good thing. Good job everybody. Uh we Dave. Did it. You read some chapters this week, didn't you? <laughs> oh boy did I. Whoa. So we read it
3: all by accident.
1: Alright. <laughs> that's that's our episode. Goodbye, everybody. I read
3: chapters 39 through <sighs> Hero of Ages. Uh I mean chapters
2: thirty-nine through forty one. Well wasn't 30. there there was a there's a joke that we mentioned about you're like, when's Oathbringer? It's like ten years from now that you'll finally get to it.
3: Maybe I'll retire before then.
2: Oh, because then you can listen to all these episodes and actually listen to the <laughs> spoiler section.
3: Yeah. Nice. At, at least up until this point, up until the next uh, Mr. The uh, book book and, and we'll we'll talk about it. I'm sure
2: when the book is finally released.
3: Okay, so chapter thirty nine kicks off part four. Knives Chow. All right. Draft. <laughs> <Now. laughs> She's. What's the line? I don't know. She's a high schooler, and she's Chinese, or something. I don't know. That's a scalp. No, program.
2: no. Is it Chinese?
3: Oh, well, yeah. Anyway. go on. Come on. Yeah, chapter 39, Part 4, Knive. Straff and Zane march toward Luthadel, talking about the recent assassination attempt on and Set. They meet King Penrod outside the wall. Penrod is making a deal to turn the city over to Straff, Although he's sad to see Ellen's utopia fall. Straff calls everyone idiot. Penrod goes home to find the ATM. <laughs> Are you poisoned yet, Dad? Straff runs home to get antidoted. Zane has to die. And that's what that was Straff saying Zane has to die. It wasn't me, but I agree with him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow, you actually agree with Straff. You know it's serious.
3: <laughs> it's chapter 39. Okay. So, anywho, we meet, uh, Straff and Zane and others marching toward Luthadel. They're having a meeting with King Penrod, who plans to turn over the city to Straff, and Straff is going to pro- give, uh, the merchants everything that he promised, or everything that Set promised them. And this apparently was, uh, Byland's whole plan all along to actually get Penrod on the throne because he knew that Penrod would Cal to Draft here and that happens and then after you know, Penrod's like, there's no ATM dude it's not here, Straff's like my dude's mind that ATM, it's in that city I know how much we mined. I know how much was used, how much left the town it's in there somewhere and Penrod's like, alright, I'll go check again, and then he leaves and then Zane is like are you poisoned yet, Dad? What time is it? How come you're still alive? And, you know, Straff always has to put up a tough front in front of Zane and try to make him think that he's immune to this poison. But, uh, you know, ends up having to just run home and knock over half of the people guarding his camp and get to his uh, mistress that makes the antidotes for him. I mean, but, uh, it's definitely
2: uh, that, a show of strength when you're just running through camp, ignoring everybody, sweat falling off your face.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Straff knows that, you know, this behavior obviously won't go unnoticed and it'll get to Zane's ears. And he was, Zane was already skating on thin ice with Straff, but Straff finally makes a decision that Zane has to die. And a uh, quick note during their conversation about the assassination attempt on Ellen we do get confirmation that Zane actually sent... Th- these are six missing sons of Straff that Zane sent in to attempt to assassinate Ellen and Straff is super mad. He's like, I'm going to have to go make more babies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, he he has several sons that are secret alimancers and... Uh, these six were just that Zane's own half brothers, and
2: he, yeah, think of it that he is sending his half brothers.
3: We're gonna, there's, there's more to it than that, and it, we're gonna get that. Into, I think chapter 40. Right. And gosh, dude, I just, I have a recent theory because you know, the Discord's not public, and I write my theories down in the Discord. And my most recent theory was originally, I hate Zane. But I've since updated it to say Zane is the worst. All right, so Chapter 39 is over. I mean, Draft. it's basically
2: true. It, it, this is not up <laughs> <all> for debate.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a theory. I mean,
2: no, it's not no, it's, as
3: airtight as the uh, as the Chondroxen theory. but I'm sorry, Doxandra.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a
2: theory, a Mistborn
0: theory. Yeah, it's a theory. It's not a fact.
2: Oh, Tori. Got Dang, I think
3: Tori's got a little crusherino you know, on a certain Mistborn emo kid. Please, no. <laughs> no.
0: no, I don't.
3: But uh, So, main, main points of chapter 39, Penrod's given the city over to Straff, and Straff has finally reached the end of the zane and decides he needs to kill him. Any questions about chapter 39? Anything from chat?
2: Uh, so, we do actually have something from chat. If you can give a quick summary of your Doxandra theory, because Godort is here and he'd like to hear it.
3: Okay, yeah. Uh, Since, you know, the recent episodes aren't live yet, uh, I'll keep reminding you guys. So, actually, I did put this into words in the Discord as well, so I'll just read it out. Doxin committed suicide and trained up a Chondra to take his place. His name is Chondroxin, or her name is Doxandra. I don't know if it's Boy or. So basically, Dachshund couldn't bear the guilt of supporting this new government, but he knew it was the right thing, and he feels guilty because of all of his noble genocide in his past, and because he couldn't bear the weight of his guilt, he took the easy way out, but of course, Daxton taking the easy way out is the most convoluted possible way to take the easy way out, so <laughs> he can't just up and kill himself and leave a mess behind him like Kelsier did. He actually has to train up a replacement, so... You know, his friends won't miss him, and he'll take care of all the administrative duties that need to be done. So, yeah, there it is. That's the Contra Theory.
2: There you go. I'll let you know if there's any questions about it, but we can continue for now.
3: Okay. We're ready for Chapter 40?
2: Am I ever? Okay. Oh, well, said that's really good. He, he approves of the theory.
3: Okay. With Without ge- giving any nod toward the veracity of the theory, just think it's... Of- Thinks it's well thought out. That's what Mike said. Yep. Okay. So I have chapter forty split up into two sections here. First section, Vin wakes up. Ellen flinches. Ursfer pup is near Murr. Did Ursur break the contract to protect Vin? Vin really needs to go read that contract. <laughs> 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 or, or
1: or or on screen. screen.
3: <laughs> we need to read it on screen. <laughs> It's been a recurring bullet point. <laughs> Vin just doesn't understand the contract. Uh, Vin thought she recognized one of the unidentified assassins. Ellen says Vin was amazing, but she feels like a knife. Vin drinks drug soup. Okay, so here is a scene with Vin recovering in bed after having fought off six mistings to protect Ellen dementia. And during that fight, she caught a glimpse of Ellen looking at her in, with, with a face that sh- she took, uh, to be horror. She thought he was horrified by how gruesome she was and how overly powerful she was and how violent she was. Uh, so, you know, Ellen's kind of flinching when Vin wakes up, uh, made her recall that feeling of, you know, being, being horrif- horrified. Being hard a scarediness toward her uh so we also learned that uh the Orsor pup took uh, massive damage, and Orsor had to abandon the uh wolf body that he was using and she also recalls that Orsor actually attacked a human being which uh is in her thinking. She's not sure if maybe he actually broke the uh conjure human relations contract by doing so, and then Vin thinks about, you know, like, "Oh, I think I recognize one of the assassins," and I think that's reasonable from our perspective because she knows, because they're all brothers, <laughs> right? And she knows Ellen very well, and she knows Zane kind. Of, she knows what like, Zane looks she like. She's so like, this guy looks familiar somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. it, 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 it- She didn't realize that Zane
2: was Ellen's half brother at first until I think he admitted to her at one point that he was. Mm -hmm. So it's like she she, I guess you could sort of see a resemblance. Of course, they're all half siblings, so they're not going to have like the exact same facial features, but they're all going to look. Right. They're all half brothers.
3: Mm -hmm. So I think it's reasonable that she would possibly recognize one. Okay, so. So real quick. Oh, go on.
2: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Vin has to read the contract. Absolutely agree. You realize if Ellen had the contract and not Vin, he totally would have poured over that thing. Like Seiza would have been there. They wouldn't just
3: give it to Ellen or Seiza to read over.
2: I mean, I think it's just like Ellen's sort of used to it. Like you know, his family apparently employed one as well, so it's like it's sort of commonplace. He's like, yeah, they have a contract. He knows about it. No big deal. But like, there's like certain things that we keep bringing up. Like, why doesn't she just read it and clarify? Or maybe she does know and just doesn't say. But either way, Vin's got to read that contract again. I mm. have an answer for all of this. uh Oh, Vin left the contract
1: in the same place that she left the Milatium, <laughs> No. and she doesn't remember where she put any of it.
3: <laughs> Clearly, the contract that is solves the everything. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Craig, why didn't you... What, Craig, we were having this whole Malatium <laughs> argument. And uh, for those of you maybe not that haven't heard more recent episodes, I I have determined that all Vin needs to do to find the Chondra is turn Malatium. And she'll either see an echo of a different person from uh, who she's looking at, or she won't see anything. Either way would reveal that the person she's looking at is a Chondra. And... I don't understand why she doesn't have malatium. And Craig came up with this whole, well, wow, she she decomposed all of her malatium to get the atium and separate the gold from it. And I mean, heck, Mike's on the nose. She just lost it. There you go, Craig. You didn't think of that. No, no, I did not. Well, uh, anyways, so <laughs> Finn recognizes one of the assassins or thinks she does, and Ellen's you know, just basically just fan, tries to fanboy all over Vin and talk about how awesome she is. And she's just like, oh, I feel like a knife. And then Vin has this bowl of soup. I think Ellen brings it in or he says that says it, sent it and said to make sure that she drinks it. And she's like, yep, there's drugs in it. Oh, well, I guess I'll just drink it anyway. And then she drinks it and gets uh, knocked unconscious by the drugs. And that's the end of the first part, chapter 40. I have a lot of bullet points for the next part, actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, any, any questions about the first part? Did I miss any? Let's do it. End of chapter, whatever. Okay. Uh, I think we can continue. Second half of chapter 40. Uh, let's read my bullet points out stf the heck up zane you spent all this time making vin feel guilty for being a knife and now you're trying to make her feel guilty for protecting people just get lost kid she's not going to fall in love with you or anything you're just trying to sound all pseudo philosophical and edgy but you're not cool and the things you say don't make any sense better be gone by the time ellen gets back with vin's pizza and don't forget to close the window because when you leave Cause you're lighting in the mist, and we all know that the mist has been targeting pizza delivery men lately. I don't think it means to be violent. She really likes pizza. But this pizza is for Vin and Ellen to share together. So if the mist eats their pizza, I'm gonna be really upset. Plus, they promised me leftover. Holy crap. Dan you convinces Vin wow. that assassins were sent by Set. Eye rolling emoji. Vin <laughs> <laughs> has an inkling to straight up murder straff, and Set. But that's Kelsier's way. Not Vin's way. Not Ellen's way. Zane tries to be all cool and mysterious while showing tenderness toward Ellen. But Zane basically killed six of his brothers to try to trick a girl into liking him. And Vin is supposed to be his enemy. Bros before foes, man. Zane gives Vin an Atium nugget. Now she can make Atium and find the Chondra. Oh,
0: no did way. you actually write that?
3: sure <laughs> <laughs> has a new doggy body. Orsterer did not break the contract, but he kind of sort of maybe risked his life to protect Vin. Condra did not exist for the Ascension. Vin burns Brass and Duralamin and hurts Puppy. Why you hurt Puppy, Vin? That's the end of chapter 40. So, uh, yeah, so I really hope they get their pizza. That's all, man. <laughs> so, which part do you want to talk about first?
2: I the wonder. Zane part or the doggy part.
3: The Zane part we'll do it we'll do it in order. So uh Vin wakes up from her drug nap and uh first thinks that Ellen has returned, but it turns out that it was Zane came in through the window and Zane jeez, freaking hate this kid. Zane just <laughs> he sends assassins after Ellen to yeah. coerce Vin into Protecting people, like protecting her loved one Ellen, protecting the general populace, all the people that are in the assembly room, and then he tries to make her feel guilty for using her ability to do good for people. Like, and she's like, that she's like Zane. feeling guilty about it. Like, ah, yeah. that that is the type of person he is. Zane and is- then, okay, so then Zane shows up. That that's what happened. Now Zane shows up to talk to Vin. And he convinces her that the assassins were actually sent by Set. And she's like, you know, they did attack Set, but they didn't really try to kill him. Probably uh, Zane's instructions as well. Um, Eyes rolling emoji. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding correctly, is
1: that if Vin had read even a single Spider-Man comic, Zane's
3: words would be useless against her right because she doesn't she would know that her great power is responsible for all of her friends being alive right yeah i i mean i've read a lot of spider-man
1: and watched spider-man movies and cartoons and that's definitely how that saying goes
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's good for our episode so we don't infringe on anything
3: (laughs) yep i mean don't you mean arachnaboy
2: that's true. Generic
3: Arachnaboy.
2: Generic boy. Yo, Godort, now that you mention it, I did... I did we ha- Oh, can, I can't mention it right now. Spoiler uh, section. Well, I'll type it in chat, actually. We can type it in chat.
3: While you're typing that in chat, so I'll go back into Vin's inner monologue and thinking about how she should just... Go on a killing spree and kill Strash and Set, and then all of her problems will be over. That's how Kelsier would handle the situation. But Vin is not Kelsier, so she thinks this is this is not my way. Dot dot dot. Not Ellen's way. And this is playing into you know Zane poisoning Vin against Ellen and telling her how Ellen is influencing her. So she does acknowledge that. She may be handling things differently because of her relationship with Ellen, or she may have changed because of her time spent with Ellen. And I hope that she comes around and sees that as a good thing, but maybe it'll be her good thing on the next Cosmere episode. But uh so yeah, and Zane is just like, Oh, I'm really I'm really glad you're safe, and like I'm really glad Ellen is safe. Because, like, you know, he's not really a bad guy. He's just more privileged than I was. And he tries to to be, like, mysterious and cool and sensitive at the same time. Just He's being an emo kid. And then you just got to stop and think. Zane's got six half-brothers. And they're not, like, they're not six Ellens. They're six... Secret allomancers that have probably been hidden away and neglected for most of their lives, just like Zane has. He should be sympathizing with these guys. He literally sends them to their death so that he can trick Vin into falling in love with Th- That That's all there is to it.
2: Yes. Basically, <laughs>
3: new theory Zane is the worst. <laughs> new theory. Updated theory Zane is the worst. So Zane gives Vin an ATM nugget and. Gosh dang it, that's like, he knew she was out and she needs it and, ah.
2: I mean, it's but, useful for
3: other instances
2: because there are assassins, like, there's that. Yeah, fear I mean, that's that just like, else could have it.
3: it's just, he, he's so hardcore manipulating her that I hate yes, him.
2: absolutely.
3: Ah. This guy. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess he's a well-written character because I think I'm supposed to dislike him at this point.
2: No, I no, you're supposed to like him and sympathize with him. Come
3: on. I was supposed to think that he was really cool. And don't get me wrong. Like, I I understand that he is certifiably insane, but he that doesn't mean that he has to be immoral. Like, I don't know. Or does it? I don't know. I've, I don't want to be insensitive toward people that are actually insane in real life but i mean this well, was a well insane, he's manipulative yeah this was a well devised plan to kill his brothers and manipulate them it's like it's what you know he's not being like insane and having an impulse stab someone which does seem to have from time to time as well this is this is a very methodical well thought out immoral plan but don't sympathize with but anyway, she has ATM now. She can just golden Andre, Unless she finds some other way to find the chondra, we'll have to read the rest of the chapter and find out. Okay, so Orsor shows up. He's got a new doggy body. And uh, Orsor, Man, this is really fascinating. Orsor goes into detail about the contract, and Vin says, Aren't you not supposed to attack humans? And Orsor says... No. Orsor says that the contract is very explicit that I may not kill a human. And so attacking a human might be, it wouldn't necessarily kill somebody or seriously injure them. And, you know, Finn's like, oh, what if he fell down and broke his neck? And then Orsor would be like, well, I'd have to turn myself in and be murdered by my brethren. So, the the part that I found really interesting is a line that Orsar says, and he says, most Chandra think that helping someone kill is a breach of the contract. So, we have confirmation that different Chandra interpret the contract differently. And that might play into my theory before about all the Chandra being, you know interpreting the contract as nullified since Lord Ruler died. So I might be on the right track there because, you know, it's interpreted differently by different Chandra. So he kind of sort of maybe risks his life to protect Vin, but he's just kind of shrugging it off. He's like, eh, it wasn't very likely that I'd kill this guy. And then, of course, he shows up with the vial of metals, like, and his skin opens up and he's got a vial of metals for Vin because she burned her duralum and... Pewter and... Oh, blew her pewter. Blew
2: her pewter again.
3: So... We also have a small bit of Chandra history here. And apparently... The Chandra did not exist before the Ascension. In fact, the Lord Ruler created the Chandra and possibly created the Colossus as well. This does not debunk my theory. Because... The Lord Ruler may have created Chandra out of the out of the mist wraiths. Might have existed for the ascension, so I'm not necessarily throwing that one out the window. So, my so uh, just to recap, I had posited a theory recently that the deepness was actually the Chandra, or perhaps mist wraiths in general, and you know. It says that Condra didn't exist before Lord Roller's Ascension, but it doesn't say Mistwraiths didn't exist. So
2: So what you're saying is we're going to keep the window open. We're not going to throw it out yet.
3: Mm -hmm. We're going to keep the window open and and cock our arms back and wait.
0: (laughs) Close the window because the mist will come in and eat the pizza. That's
2: true. The pizza delivery guys (laughs) know. Alright, real
1: quick, Dave. Uh, uh-huh. In the chat, Craig and I have worked out a bit of our own theory. Oh, uh, I, I just is I the want to I want to feel you out that? on this. Is a the theory that I won't shut up about malatium? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. You're good there. Uh, well, the theory a is that's that not a theory. pupper a sewer, uh has toe beans, and that they are the best toe beans.
2: I did not think about that. But what about Lena so beans? Excited.
3: You forgot about Lena beans. Is that no? They're toe beans. They're, they're little toe beans. You're thinking of tribbles. Okay, they're I don't not, think Dave gets mean. it.
2: He, he needs to play with his cat more often.
3: He really does. I don't have a cat.
2: Yeah, you do, Weasley.
1: I That's have my seen your cat, cat
3: on stream. It's my sister's cat. It's not mine. Do you both so live in the, the same cat house?
2: Believe that
3: it's a it's a cat that lives in my apartment. It's not my cat. It's your cat. <laughs> It thinks it's my cat.
2: Hey, Lana <laughs> Bean's in cat. That.
0: That's silly. <laughs>
3: That's probably why Mike was trying to...
1: Anyway. Oh, nice Godort Toeasure. sewer
0: <laughs>
2: But he's got pupper toe. Got so two yeah, or so. He has little toe beans. Or actually, they're probably big because he's a big dog. What
3: toe beans are? I'll take care of this. Let's continue while we do this. We get a little history of the Chondra, and, you know, Orsor, as always, is letting little details about Chondra society and Chandra history slip out. And Vince thinking, you know, Chondra are unaffected by emotional allomancy, but the Lord Ruler also was able to pierce copper clouds, which was thought to be undoable. So what if I can find a way to push on the emotions of a Chandra? So she tries to push really hard on Orsor. So she decides to burn Duralumin and bronze at, or I'm sorry, brass. Cause I think she's, I forget whichever one. I figured it out and I figured out that it was brass. I think she was, that's a hybrid. So it's pulling. No, it's pushing, so it's suppressive. So it's a uh, she's she's a uh, breathing. Uh, she burns she's brass.
2: Breathing. That's what it should be. <laughs> soothing.
3: She's soothing. <laughs> and anyway, burns uh, brass are alamin, and, and Orsor just screams out in pain, and it hurts him so badly that he has to go rest and. Uh Vin tries to apologize because Orsa just risked his life to help her out and how does she repay her him? Confirmed boy Condra. by the way, Vin just knows.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's also a
3: And <laughs> when has Vin ever been wrong? So, <laughs> don't, don't question. Well she's wrong about she Well, she's wrong about the conjun, because that stocks. She still kind of thinks it. Oh, no, she's really not sure. She's just a bad Chondra buster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And... How sad
2: is that? He he definitely did something, and that that like you said, how she repaid him. So sad. Poor puppers.
3: Yeah, and he goes off to rest, and suggests that Vin does the same. And hey, guess what? We. Possibly found a way that we can find out who the Chondra is. Look, we don't even need ATM. Yeah, but it's safer. Listen, Akko, because here's what's going to happen. And I feel really bad because I love Orsura. He's one of my favorite characters in this book. But he's going to get in so much trouble when Vin actually uses this method to find the other Chondra. And... You know, I'm sure Orser did something wrong or will be accused of breaking the contract or betraying his people, and it's not going to end well for Orser, and I feel really bad for it. And that's the end of chapter 40. Shall I move on? Please.
2: I mean, that was quite the, the chapter.
3: Yeah, a lot happened there. Chapter 41. Sazed and Tindal study the well of As- <laughs> well, cause a slabshin? Well, because it's do another. Let me do another take of that. Okay. Chapter 41. Sazed and Tindal study the Well of slabshin Why did Kwan set up his nephew, Rashek to prevent Alendi's ascension? What changed Kwan's mind about Alendi? Which did Kwan fear more, the Deepness or Super Alendi? Why not fear Super Says Sazed and Tindal fear that the siege will end soon and all heck will break loose. Elend walks the halls. Ellen and Vin really need to talk about their insecurities. Ellen walks in on Sazed and Tindwill's study date. Ellen talks to Sazed and Tindwill. Ellen decides to be kingly again. Okay, so, Sazed and Tindwill are going over the the slab, the rubbing, the charcoal thingy that Sazed made down in the, uh, Churchy Malone crater place, and, uh, they find out, they make all the cross-references with the logbook, and, you know, they find out that Reishik is Kwan's nephew. Kwan being the author of the slab, Reishik being the one who took over Alendi's position and became the lord ruler. So, why did Kwan not trust Alendi anymore? And we know why he wasn't—why uh, he wasn't outright with his objection toward Alendi right away, because he was proud and he wanted to keep his higher position, uh, having been the founder of the Hero of Ages. Uh, but, you know, what's wrong with Elendi? Why did he suddenly not trust him anymore? And, you know, he knew that Alendi was, in general, mild-mannered and humble. And, you know, he was afraid that Alendi wouldn't uh, give up the power after he had solved the problem of the deepness. But he also knows his nephew, Racheck, presumably. He knows that he's a youth. He knows that he makes hasty decisions, kind of racist against the Kleni people, and definitely wouldn't be able to control the power or give it up when the time came. So why not be afraid of Super Racheck? So these are the questions that they come up with and don't really answer at this time, for us anyway. And they talk about how the siege will end soon, and the coloss are coming, and you know everything crazy is about to happen. They they're basically saying, "Hey, sander tsunami's coming." And then other scene, Ellen's walking around in the halls of Keep Venture, and you know he's reflecting on uh on the experience of seeing Vin actually fight, and he's just like. Gushing all about it and being like, man, she was really cool. She saved my life. She's the best. I kind of suck. Why does she want to hang out with me? So, you know, the, Vin is insecure that Ellen thought her a monster, and Ellen is insecure that Vin thinks he's not strong enough for her, and perhaps even losing the title of king, maybe subconsciously uh, took some affection away from him because he noticed that. She was acting differently toward him since the election slash assassination attempt. It all happened in the same day. And actually, I forgot to touch up on this. Zane noticed Ellen's look of apparent horror, too. And he plays that up for Vin. And wait a second. Zane's a Mistborn. He probably. Oh, my gosh. He like probably even rioted Ellen's emotions in that moment to make him react the way he did during the fight. Oh my, I need to update the Zayn theory. There's more to it. <laughs> so, I, ju- I just thought of that. Zane's a freaking misborn. He could easily have been rioting Ellen's emotions during that fight to get the reaction out of him and reaction of Vin reacting to his reaction. Yeah, definitely. Sounds and like now, that movie Ellen's, movie. now that Ellen has his thoughts to himself and he's reflecting on it, we don't see any hint of that horror that uh, Vin was afraid of.
1: Updated theory, Zane is even worse than the worst.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ellen's walking around thinking about this, thinking about the Colossus. and you know, wanders in in the in the study where Sesa and Tyndall are looking over the thingy, and you know, a, a cute little uh, line happens where Tyndall's like, "Ah, you're a mess, Ellen Adventure," and Ellen just like, "You're still in my house. Don't make me kick you out." And then Sesa, it's like, "Oh, why are you guys? Laughter. Why are you guys fighting?" And Alan's just like. She's just testing me to make sure I'm still a boss, even though I am i don't have a crown. And, you know, they talk and Ellen goes back to his room and he gets, decides to put his white uniform back on. And he decides, you know, I might not officially have the crown, but I can still show the people that I care about them and I can do what I can to help my And that is the end of this week's chapter.
0: Woo. Nice. So, Dave, tell us how you really feel about Zane. (laughs) Yeah, don't hold back.
3: He might be here soothing my emotions, so I can't trust what I say or even... So you have to make sure he's not around, then you can talk (laughs) about him.
2: Alright, um...
3: Oh! I also had a thought. Regarding the Chondra, if they actually can detect if someone is trying to manipulate their emotions with allomancy now they're immune to it except in extreme cases either you're the lord roller or you have derailment or whatever but can they actually tell if somebody is trying to soothe them or riot them Tindwill is not completely in the clear i feel really good about the dachshund theory but she's still runner up easily
2: so she's your your second favorite to find the Chandra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't I don't think we actually have much to talk about with you. Although we need Dang to discuss it. some things. We haven't had a spoiler a ep- uh, section in like two episodes. Not okay. since
3: I actually came up with those uh, theories regarding the right. We need Chandra the regarding the deepness and regarding the Zane. Especially, we got to talk about the Zane
2: theories because you know. There's a lot there that we have to discuss
0: before we boot the Dave I have something that we can talk about that he can participate in, okay, so going with your uh doxandra theory organized guy, he's not just gonna commit suicide without training his replacement first. Guys, if you were to train a Condra to replace you the most time. Which part of the training would, would take the most attention?
3: I would say how to be witty. <laughs> you mean puns? You know I like alliteration better than puns. Mm. No, just no, you know, knowing how this to... This is why I'm not a conger. <laughs> knowing how to think on your feet and read your audience and understand what they think will be funny. My video game knowledge clearly you got you got to know certain
2: <laughs> things cuz it's not absolute like i don't know Super Mario RPG Geno <laughs> and Mallow
3: No like, Craigdra you have to check Ice Palace
2: Yeah it's it's my deep love of Ice Palace got to be ingrained. green oh, Or wait
3: Condrag is better i think Condrag. Well it depends is, is what Would Craig your Kondra Kondra a boy Condra or a girl Condra <laughs> That's true I think that i think it We'd end with Dra Craigdra. It's a girl Kondra. And the boy Kondra would be Kondreg. Kinda of the I same mean, as Toxandra yeah. in contracts What would your what would your Kondra name be, Tori?
0: I don't know. Tori doesn't really lend itself to the word Kondra in any way.
3: Torja. <laughs> <Tor-dra>. Yeah. <laughs> How about Toursur? How about Kanori? Nope, Toursur.
2: Oh, okay. Torsor. <laughs> Specifically when Orseer takes over Tori. Yeah, I
3: don't know if Tori, you might have disconnected when I said that, but your conjure name is Torsor.
0: Yes, I like it.
3: Okay. <laughs>
1: Alright. I you think I think we've Tori. run this well dry. Let's kick Dave off. Bye, I guys. Like
3: the boot. Cross One Boots has returned. I'm well, very excited about that, but that's not anything to do with this, so go away.
2: Well, he left.
3: Yeah, he's Without gone. No more Dubai. Dave. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now.
0: Out the window where the mist is.
3: Yeah. I've oh no, his pizza. pizza
0: guys. Try not to look like a pizza delivery guy, Dave.
2: All right, so we got spoilers up. I put the warning up. So for those of you in chat who are just listening now, we will talk about anything from Brandon Sanderson. So we could drop in some Oathbringer spoilers here. So if you are worried about that, now's the time for you to mute or leave. Um We're probably not going to discuss too much, but I do want to talk about Dave's theories since we, we got to, we got to give him some credit for coming up with with this stuff, and how wrong he is. Right. Well, except for the Zane theories; those are correct.
0: Oh, um, no, there's still theories. He posted them in the theory channel.
2: That's true. We we need to make a Dave Fact channel, and it's that, that <laughs> just Zane is the worst ever, and that's right. that's all that's in it. Like, there's nothing else in that channel. I would like to point out that
1: the last episode that I just uh, uploaded. Um, the spoiler section was pretty much just me and Tori talking about how holy crap Dave got everything right back in the first book. Yes,
0: <laughs> right. See, I I don't mention to the plots as I read, so I'm I'm often surprised by these things at the end. Like I I don't give it the depth of thing that he's giving it, and with how much he gets right half the time.
1: So, yeah, I'm very excited about, A, how much he's getting wrong in this one, and then B, how much thought he's put into the things that he's gotten wrong.
2: Yeah, he's really getting into it. Like, these are some in-depth theories that, although they're misguided, at least they are consistent. Like, it it does have some weight to them, and it's not just sort of, oh, I think it's just this. Because, like, with Atlantis, that's sort of what it was, because we didn't have enough. But now that he sort of knows how this works, what to expect, he can try to make some guesses. And it's working out really well for us because we get the we get this. Yeah, we get um, to talk about them.
1: So one of the things from last week, week before something like that. uh, Vin was talking to Orsaur and asking him, like, what or not Orsaur, Tensoon. And asking him, like, well, what did uh, Kelsier tell you to do and say? And he's like, you didn't tell me to say any of this of this nonsense? I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Yep. Alright. Was that Tensoon legitimately not knowing because he did not at all do his research for this role? Because he figured that being a Chandra, being a Chandra was enough? Or did he do his research and like, do we just not have like a valid source for this, for the information about like the sky being blue flowers, the sun being yellow, all of that.
2: All right. So, so a couple things here. Um, one, I I can't believe Tensoon didn't do his research. Like that's not the way he is. He's very good at what he does. Um, so I'm sure he has done some research on what Orsir was working on and and the way he, he works, his personality. Like, I'm sure he's done s- some of that. Maybe not as much as usual because he is impersonating Chandra that is basically the same generation as him. So he's known him for like 700 years. So he knows who he's impersonating already. Uh, but I I think he... I mean, he's not lying. He certainly was not told to say this. So there's some truth to it. And I don't think he knows much of what Kelsier told Orsir. uh, But enough that he can make a a, a guess, like an educated guess as to what Kelsier would and would not have done. Now, as to where this information is actually coming from, that's a question of, is it actually from preservation? That's giving these ideas, um, which I think it might be. I might think it, I, I think it might be from preservation. Um, there was a discussion on the Cosmere subreddit somewhat recently talking about the different religions uh, that exist in on Skadriel. And like, why would why would these exist? Why would so many of these exist? Now, we know that. They're used by Seize slash Harmony uh, at the end of Hero of Ages to recreate the world as they were. So there was information in all of these different religions that he's going to study in the next book and look through and pick apart. There's fact and information that he's able to use to rebuild the world as it was. If you're going to preserve something as preservation does, you need a way to keep the information there. And that is some way for preservation to operate. A very easy way for him to get the information there that's not obvious to Ruin. Because if you hide it in books, they can easily be destroyed. But you put it in religions, why would Ruin even care? So, that's I believe really it's from point. preservation. I mean, that? Point there. Yeah. I mean it, it... I guess... I feel like it
1: had to come from preservation because there's no reason for Ruin to be like, yeah, guys. Sun yellow, sky blue. Yeah. Flowers. Like, Ruin doesn't care about any of that. He doesn't need that. And, and keep
2: in mind, Mare also had that flower picture. Like, where does that even come from? The picture of a flower. Like, it's, it's, it's related to the religion, of course, but it's just a sort of... Like, the information is there floating around in the mist, <laughs> I guess. Okay. So... Uh, I think we could briefly discuss some of Dave's theories. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but the big one that he's feeling very certain about is Dachshund being the Chandra, but the Chandra, and and this is neat to me. Like, it's not that this is an enemy spy, but this is actually a Chandra that Doxen hired to replace himself. It's, I still feel like it's a little weird that Doxen would just abandon his friends like that, even if he does get a replacement. Um, and I feel like it's sort of missing the point that that uh, Straff has a Chandra on the role, and and they talk about a spy. They don't specifically say there's another Chandra. So I have to. He he looked into it and he noticed they were just referring to him as a spy, not necessarily as a Chandra. But there is the point that there is a Chandra on the payroll
1: that right. they mention
2: at the you're, beginning of the book. As the
1: reader, you're sort of meant to connect the dots there. That. Like yeah. Ellen has mentioned that his family has a Chondra a couple of times, and then like they eventually get the info that yeah, there's there's totally a spy that's been reporting to Strath. So, like, you're supposed to connect those two. And, and Dave, honestly, I think, is just ignoring that part.
2: No, no, no. I don't think he's ignoring. I have to give kudos to Dave because you don't want to make assumptions. You don't want to just say, This is the information that's presented and take it as fact. Because Sometimes you have to sort of think outside the box for this sort of thing. And, and Sanderson doesn't just like, yes, there's definitely foreshadowing. There's definitely hints it's there. And on a reread, it certainly stands out when you actually know, like, like who Ten Soon is and how he pops up and things like just specifically Ten Tensoon, but also these other things like ruin and preservation and the greater Cosmere, everything that's going on. um, But, like, the fact that Dave's just not taking it for granted. He's sort of thinking, like, maybe it's more plausible for this to be a thing. I actually have to give credit to Dave. I don't think he's ignoring it so much as he feels like there's a better way. Except there's,
1: that in in this specific case, if there isn't it. You're supposed to take it no. that way.
2: He's pulling a VIN. He's wrong. That's okay. We were wrong, too, when we read this book the first time. A lot. We
0: weren't wrong on the internet. Frank.
2: that's true we weren't um but hey exciting times are happening because in two episodes we're actually gonna find we're gonna 10 soon will be revealed yeah i'm um, looking forward to that i am so looking and plus we're also gonna kill off zane so you know it's gonna be a double whammy episode that's gonna be a long episode i predict so we're gonna have a lot to discuss
1: uh so real quick since we haven't in a while uh, let's check in on Kelsier and see what he's up to at this point. Uh, <laughs> still in the Well of Ascension. Although, Hoyd may have shown back up and they may have gotten into their dumb ghost fistfight.
2: Yeah, we're getting fairly close to the point when uh, Vin has to go down to the well and do the thing. So... And he's, he's at least looking into ruin at this point. He's probably interacted with, it's after the Hoid section, or may, maybe it's right before. I don't know.
1: By the time that Vin goes down to the Well of Ascension, Hoyd has already been through and taken the beat of L'Oracium. Yes. Because she sees the footprints. Yeah. So, like. And
2: I do have this, I, I do like how in these three books that we're reading, um, since I did the reread again especially with, in combination with Secret History, and there are hints that Kelsier's still around. Now, it's not very strong. It's There's more hints in Hero of Ages because that's when he actually does stuff. But the books make sure you don't forget about Kelsier. He's in one book up to this point, and yet he still feels like a major character in books two and three. He's constantly referenced. And Sanderson wants to make sure we don't forget what Kelsier, who he is, and how he acts. So, it's good because he's gonna play, I feel, a major part in the Cosmere. Uh, At least he he has a major part to play in Skadural history.
1: Uh, With that in mind, then, I need to change my casting choice for Kelsier. Oh? Dr. Dre. (laughs) Wait, really? (laughs) Don't forget about Dre. Okay. Craig, I feel like you've been forgetting about Dre. Don't do it.
2: Sure. Okay. <laughs> got it. So, yeah, so so Dave has, so he has his dachshund, is the chondra theory. He had a side theory that Tindwell is probably the chondra, because there's so many hints that she's not the chondra. So that's why she's the runner-up in his mind. Basically, Dave's trying to anticipate the twist this time around. Uh, he's trying he to guess it right. like, what it could be. He he very briefly, and this was scary for us.
0: Very briefly.
2: He very briefly is like, what if or Sears to Chandra? And I don't, we didn't do anything. We just were quiet. And then yeah, we all, we all like deer me. in
1: headlights froze.
2: <laughs> we, I'm like, how do we get off of this? But he he didn't, I guess he didn't know. Like I never think went he actually mentioned there. he was going to reread the previous chapters. and I don't think he did. And then he, this was right before he came up with his uh, Doxandra theory. So the fact that he came up with this theory instead is like super good for us because the reveal that's happening in two episodes, guys. It's happening. (laughs) Bro, I've
1: I've started Way of Kings again because I felt like rereading Stormlight. And man... It's so fun with Wit. Like, whenever Wit's there, I I know that he's just, like... He is emotional allomancing, freaking everybody. And it's <laughs> great. Like, oh, like I know point. he, like, pours on the you really like me to the king. And then, like, he, he tries so hard to get... uh Why can't I remember his name? The bad high prince.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, he probably makes him purposely feel angry like whenever he's around like just you're going to be more angry now and be more whatever the emotions are to make you a jerk because that's what he is and he doesn't like him but he makes Dalinar feel pretty good because although he has to still act like the the wit at that point he likes Dalinar actually I I think not like Dalinar I think
1: part of what he's doing is because there's that law that if you kill the wit like you you give up all of your like wealth and titles and everything yeah. Uh, I think he's like trying to goad. God, why can't I remember his name? Sadius? Sadius, thank you. Uh, trying to goad Sadius into like very publicly killing him, which, right. I mean, we know that Sadius cannot run. possibly kill Hoyd. Like, he he yeah. simply does not have that capability. However, Hoyd can fake his death. I'm certain of this.
2: And, Absolutely.
1: Like, yeah, being. A- being able to like knock Sadius out of power that way, I think he's legitimately trying to do that at that point. But
2: Hoy doesn't do that much. Like he doesn't try to make such big of a of a change. He's sort of from the times he's popped up, it's sort of been more as a, of an observer. Although he does give information in certain ways, like he did in Warbreaker and how he's done in Mistborn. Um but he's never like really had a direct effect. If he makes Sadius not be a high prince, I feel like that's a direct effect.
1: Except that on like on on the other worlds, like yes, you're right. He's taking more of a back seat. However, on Roshar, the the one guy he's got legitimate beef with is there. He's taking True. a much more active role in things on Roshar.
2: And, and he and... did say to Dalinar, y if, if you get in my way I, I will take care of you. Like he has a plan. Which is sort of scary because I don't know what Hoyd's planning, and I'm not convinced we can even trust him. I don't know if Hoyd's a good guy or a bad guy. All I know is that he's more than likely against ODM. So for now, he's in the good category.
0: I'm not well, even sure have that, that we conversation can that in Go ahead, Tori. Okay. He has that conversation with Dalinar in Words of Radiance where he says, you know, if I have to watch this world burn to get yeah. what I want, I'll do it. I'll be sad about it.
2: It's true. He is a very much an ends justify the means type person.
1: I'm not sure we can even like claim that he's human. Like, I don't, I don't even think we have like that confirmed.
2: We know he's from Yolen, but that doesn't mean he's human. Because there's apparently dragons and stuff, too. Like, but one anyway. of the holders is a dragon, and I don't think they came from a different planet. But, who knows? Because we don't have that novel yet. Also, Man, think
1: about how much this? fun it would be to have emotional allomancy, and just being able to, believe, like, go up to some, like, super rich dude. And, like, you just, you like me now. I'm your
2: friend. Hi. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. This, you have to read and really pay attention to the British chapters. Because it's not really how that works. Think of it more, uh, emotional allomancy is more just another way of communicating. It's instead of just facial features and gestures and words, there's a slight, it's sort of, it's a mental level and connection.
1: no, nope. hold I on, I got a thing for this. Okay, on Scadrial, where people know about it, yes, you have to be more subtle. Breeze is incredibly subtle with it. He's he's trying to do this without letting people know that he's doing anything. Yes. On Roshar, no one knows this is a thing. You can literally just walk up to the king and be like, Hi, we're friends now. Emotional alchemy, you like me. And yeah, he did that stay. to El Hokar.
2: It it's just temporary while you're working with their emotions. And even still, you don't necessarily know which emotions you're tweaking. Like you can you can you can sort of Director wants to say you're happy when uh, I'm around that sort of thing. Like you can change that, but there's no guarantee. You know exactly that you're tweaking emotions in the correct way. So, with the true, combination of
1: rioting and soothing, yeah, you totally can.
2: Well, like I said, you 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 can directly do it, but but there's no guarantee it will hold. It will stick. Like even if people don't know about it. It'll be more like, why am I feeling that way right now? I don't like this person. And later on, you're going to realize that and maybe you'll be a little more resistant in the future. The The, the point is, I bring up the Breeze chapters because I like the way he sort of describes it because for him, it's another way of how he communicates with people. He tweaks very minor things about someone. Like when he's talking, he's in the same room with Ellen and he's talking with them. He's tweaking. Even even if he's arguing against someone, he's busy boosting them up. like. Breeze is so he's he's such a good person that hides it, and uh... yeah, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, so I think it's just another way of communicating. I don't think it's as easy as you like me now, and then that that's it forever. It's gonna fade if you don't like it. He Hoyd has to do other things to get the king to like him, so he stays the whip. Yeah, right, like,
0: use you, you can't use emotional elemancy to make someone like you. If they already like you a little bit, then you can riot that little yeah. bit up to a lot. But if they don't like you at all, I mean, the most you could do is soothe away the their dislike, I guess, for them to like you.
1: And Hoyt yeah. is doing that to Elhagar. Yeah. That's why sure. he was able to be the wit, despite not coming from Roshar, not living on Roshar, like he just shows up. He's not a light eyes and
2: Yeah, but I think he just told some he tells some good stories. Like he's still fun to be around. Like when he's the wit, like he he, he has some entertaining observations, makes you laugh. I could see him just charming his way to Alcar, like normal charm and charisma, not just using emotional Yeah, like no doubt he used emotional allomancy. I'm not doubting that but I don't think he needed to rely on it. I think he could have breezed it more than just like went over the top and threw it on. I think it's just slight tweaking. And then Alucard's like, you know what? I like the cut of this guy's jib. I'm going to make him the wit. And then he's the wit. And he's funny enough to stay that way.
1: All right. That's all I had. Anybody else have anything or are we good?
0: Well, I think you and I should- to share this little thing that we had in on the discussion board. I think our audience will enjoy it. Why did Kwan stop trusting Alindi?
1: Oh yeah, Dave. those were. So we we thought up some some possible uh, reasons for uh, oh, Kwan no. to stop trusting Alindi to pitch to Dave, which he could have read that. I don't know if he actually did. So Tori, you had the first one. You want to start?
0: Yes. Alendi borrowed the car and brought it back with an empty tank.
1: Alendi keeps flaking on social appointments they make.
0: Alindi bought the groceries like Quan asked, but brought back too little change.
1: Alendi clogged the toilet, but didn't say anything about it.
0: Shame. Rashik said Alendi said something nasty about Quan's mother.
2: I like how it just seems like Alendi's this like he's this passive aggressive jerk. It's sort of like, you know what? I thought I liked that guy, but I really don't. <laughs> yes.
1: It's like the opposite of emotional allomancy.
2: So uh but Dave did bring up that point about like why does why does Quan stop like trusting and liking Alendi? Um but uh it's <laughs> This goes, and he's gonna get more information in Hero of Ages, Ages about this, but it's not Alendi himself, it's what he would do, which is what Vin's going to do in a number of chapters. Um, so it really has nothing to do with Alendi specifically, it's the fact that Quan realized they were being manipulated to choose and go with Alendi, so he releases the power, Groom gets out, and massive destruction, fires everything, the end.
0: I think it's interesting that in the annotations for that chapter, um, Brandon says that he worried that all of this backstory, that going over it again, would probably be boring for some of the readers. Um, but he felt like it had to be done right there.
2: About the Elendian racec? Yeah,
0: and
2: I don't, I don't know. I, I
0: like, yeah, I like when authors put all of the backstory in there.
2: At, least, do at least you get more information there than the contract.
0: Yeah. When when they can do it just like that, instead of, first, we're going to have a prequel chapter that you have to read.
2: Yeah. It's, it's as it's introduced throughout the book. So you get little bits and pieces, you put it together, and you're like, oh, this makes sense.
1: Hey, take it easy on prequel chapters, because once we get to Stormlight, it starts off with a prelude, a prequel... And then a flashback, and then <laughs> well, so, we get so, into current day stuff.
2: For defense of the Stormlight Archives, they're specifically designed to basically be a trilogy within a book itself. Like each book is a trilogy, sort of. There's like three, three parts for the main story. There's the interlude chapters, the backstory chapters, which is there's like all there's like five different stories in it per book. We're gonna have we're gonna have fun with that when we finally get to there
1: also
0: the chapters the go ahead Tori. chapters in stormlight but they were well done uh, kind of like y- you know when you read the wheel of time series it starts with the massive flashback chapter about um, the dragon the the first one not not Rand but uh, loose Theron it starts with a chapter about him um, and and the first time you read it, you're like, wait, what? It, it kind of doesn't make sense. But when you go back and read it again, yeah, that's good. Um, of uh, that I don't like is when they they cram it in you're all about the thing that happened, and and there's there's just no way to make it seem natural.
2: It smells like new time.
0: In uh, Suicide Squad, where he's sitting at a table and reading the files about these characters. Mm. It's bad.
2: Uh,
1: So, Way of Kings, we're probably going to have to drop down to a chapter a week. Because they are long chapters.
0: They are long chapters. Yeah, but we don't
2: want to spend a whole year on one book either. I think we're going to have to. Oi. They
1: are really long chapters.
2: They and, are. And, like, the are. shorter stuff
1: is the interludes, and those are packed with stuff.
2: It's true. We're, we're definitely going to have a lot to discuss, but that is a bridge we'll have to burn in, like, what, three books? Because we still have Hero of Ages. we got Warbreaker coming up. we got Emperor's Soul. Yeah, we've got you a bit between said, now and you then. You
0: could have said that's a bridge we'll have to carry.
2: No, we I cannot miss it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so Missed
0: Ruin, opportunity. To,
2: to wrap this up We talking about the Dave theories um shoot there was something else aside from the Chondra toxin thing oh and the, he has the, the theory about that the mist he sort of went with what Vin was talking about how the mist might be the deepness which is of course what Ruin wants you to think um but he's like maybe the mist race eh, it's sort of an interesting little thought that hey Maybe the misrae specifically are doing something to be the deepness.
1: Yeah my my favorite thing about Dave's theories is that while they're wrong, had they been the way things actually worked out, that still would have been like a really interesting direction for the story to go. Yeah. Like book three <laughs> is the Chandra uprising. Like I'd read that. I would. I would a hundred percent read that.
2: Dude, he had that really good one. Was it at the beginning of this book? The really elaborate... Or was that was that the end of, of Mistform one? I don't remember it anymore. But he had a really elaborate theory that was actually like... Oh, it's the whole thing about Vin and her mother and being half-sibling to Zane or something. Oh, right. I remember I wish when I could he had the theory
0: it. about how some kind of Metal mind and maybe it was storing memories and
2: <laughs> oh he has a theory that that uh, Vin is actually part F- Furukamus as well like that she's part terrorist so it's it's neat that he's thinking about it because we are gonna see twin borns in the future and what that actually means if you're both part terrorist and part um the, whatever they're called
0: I'll well
2: sure but I I forget the general term of the ethnicity aleth aleth no alethi is no
0: that's that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) The
2: thermlight archives yeah he doesn't oh and that that was a neat thing in a previous episode godort and i do recommend if you're interested in this sort of thing that you give a listen to our previous podcasts we do talk about uh, a lot of different things in each episode and we try to not like cover the same things over and over again um but one of the neat things about these three books is that each book focuses on a different branch of investiture in on Scadrial. So the first book was all about Alamancy, This book is all about Farukami, And the third book is all about hemorrhaging. Like that's when you get the most information about that specific type of investiture, what it does, what it means. And it really goes into it. And it's sort of the theme of that book. And Um, it continues
1: into Era 2, Alloy of Law is all about um, twin-born compounding, Um, Shadows of Self is all about, uh, like, different ways you can screw with Chondra, and what's the third one called? Bands of Mourning. Bands of Mourning. Which which Um, is
2: talking about connection and identity in relation to...
1: But that gets into, like, more advanced, um, identity-less Ferugami. Yeah. So, like, it's just, like, the next step of of each of these systems. Which then makes me very excited for, you know, Era 2, Book 4, all of Era 3, all of Era 4. Like, where he takes the, the magic systems from there. Like, that's very exciting. So, I think all that's right. all I really had. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to call it here.
0: Good place to call it.
1: So, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye, Internet.
0: Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made-Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.